Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Alaska Airlines fires the latest shot in the Who Owns California War with Southwest. And once again, it's great news for travelers. We have all the details. At 320, Gwen Duncan joins us to make you a smarter traveler by heading up a discussion on airport etiquette. Now, you listen in and see if uh, the things that bug her and might be the same as the things that bug you. Maybe your airport behavior will change just a bit. Chris Elliott is the country's number one consumer travel advocate, and at 335, he joins us to talk about a variety of subjects. Chris and his kids took a DNA test and now have an interest in visiting their homeland. Maybe you are considering such a journey. Chris also talked with us about the new basic economy airfares, and we're going to find out how that, that you know may affect the raising fares uh, for everyone. And updates us on the fight to force hotels and resorts to include resort fees in the advertised price of the hotel room. I spent most of last week traveling Route 66 from Chicago to Oklahoma City. And you might just hear an old highway story along the way this afternoon. Nice to have you along. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. We are the Travel Guys, Mark and Tom. You made it. We are brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Whatever you're up today, up to today, thanks for uh, taking a couple of minutes out to spend with us, the Travel Guys, here on, on KFBK. And um, we're both in studio today. Mark just got back for a, a rather long uh, road trip. I'll be uh, with you in just a minute here. I'm just opening up the curtain. Mark is, uh, so you'll know, for those of you that aren't watching us on we're not on the podcast today. Uh, he's going around dark in here. Let, letting the light in the windows. I don't know, for some reason, when we, we come into the KFBK studios, uh-huh. and, it, you know, I think it is dependent upon who's on the air. Exactly. Some people like to close the windows uh-huh. and shut out the Ever outside world. the and, air conditioner went out, yeah. we've been in this lockdown mode here in the radio station, and it's just, we used to have a nice view. You know, we got a... Red Lion Inn parking lot here in the foliage. You notice how pretty the leaves are. All it over is town? that time of year. Foliage are changing, and uh, we don't the always trees get nice beautiful. fall colors in Sacramento. We're not a, a fall foliage haven here, but but there are some spots around town with some really pretty trees. And of course, you know, like most things in life, it's kind of fleeting. It'll in a few days, the next rainfall, and poof, it'll be gone. And you know, speaking of uh, fall foliage and the changing of the leaves, I know that's uh, that's that's part of travel. Oh, people will business. go all kinds of wonderful places to to see that. What is the uh, top two or three with the sports leisure vacation? Well, New England has always been. Ever since I went into business, uh, going to see the fall colors in New England has always been a, a big thing for people. But folks have realized that. The leaves change color in a lot of places, including, as we're talking, Sacramento. But uh, up in Michigan, around the Cincinnati area, uh, there are some places in Oregon, Washington. You just, you know, you need the maple trees and a little bit of variety. And then you can, you've got your color. Of course, you've got to have the climate, too. It's got to get cold 
a little bit fairly early in the season to get good color. So it's just, uh, yes, but fall foliage, going to see the leaf peeping is big business in, you know, the, tr- in the travel you know, industry, I assure you. My daughter who lives in San Antonio, that's one of the things that uh, that she misses the most is because, uh, you know, in San Antonio and Texas. Because they don't have trees in Texas. Well, you know, I, I well, beg they to differ. They, pretty, they, uh, they, have, they have a lot of green ridge, but it's... Uh, it's stuff that's green all year round, uh-huh. and, and so there is uh, no real it's kind you know, of scrub. You know, and, you... and here again, it, it doesn't get doesn't have that seasonal thing where you know when it gets really cold mm-hmm. and those trees that are uh, uh, annuals they'll uh, they'll start. Is that well? They the term? have seasons in Texas. And... They have um, tornado season, and then they have summer, <laughs> then they have hurricane season. And um, so, I mean, they do have some variety there, uh, there anyways. All right, lots to cover today. Let's move it along. We are, uh, at that point, the beginning of the Travel Guys, where we do the travel news. Travel news music with Huey Lewis and uh, Mark Hoffman with the news. There you go. Um, stop or your crew will shoot. Here's an idea. Body cameras for flight attendants. Now, it's that, that, yeah, you say, why would we need to do that? But in this day and age, think of all these problems that have happened on airplanes. Yeah. And if the flight attendant had a body camera, then you wouldn't have to depend, because somebody's going to turn their phone on a minute into anything. Yes. And record it, but then you miss that first minute. But with the flight attendant, you'd have the whole thing. So you, the flight attendants could wear body cameras. Well, they still have to activate those. I don't think they run all the time. Well, no, know. and I mean, this is just an idea here, but basically this is a manufacturer, uh, a CD, the CEO of bo- the body camera manufacturer, Edesics Limited, mm-hmm. predicts that uh, airline body cameras will become all the thing within a couple of years. I thought that was, I, I, I thought to myself, no. But then the more I thought about it, mm-hmm. The more I thought, well, you know, or just put a cabin, uh, put a camera in the cabin that allows you to see what's going on in the cabin. And then yeah. it wouldn't be a he said, she said when and, something happened. You know, that's something that they probably should have done a long time ago. A congressman from Minnesota, Rick Nolan, a Democrat, has introduced legislation last week that require airlines to provide travelers with a one page bill of rights. Um, sounds like a pretty good idea to yeah. me. Well, uh, you know what? I, I don't think any kind of bill of rights or any kind of, uh, uh document, they mm-hmm. can make it into a one page. Well, they do this in Europe. They give people a one page. It just kind of summarizes that here. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have any questions or things don't go the way you expect them, here's, of course, now remember in Europe, they have a rule. Was it rule 264 that, that, forces airlines to be responsible when they cancel flights, when they screw up people's lives, they have to pay. Mm-hmm. So in the U.S., the airlines in the U.S. have successfully avoided any type of rules like that. Anyway, this new legislation would not add any rules. That's important to note. All it would do is force the airline to put the rules in writing in a simple format that people like you, mm-hmm. Tom, the right, it would need to be very traveler. simple for me. Well, yeah. I'm not saying that, but I mean, just something that a <laughs> typical person who wasn't an experienced traveler could right. say, all right, well, you're bumping people off the airplane. Let me see here. Okay, I can read this paragraph, and that explains to me kind of sort of what my rights might be. There you go. So, and then you wouldn't have to drag people off of airplanes. I'm just, you know, it's just a thought that just I'm just saying. Just saying, exactly. Um, here's a tech thing that is helping airlines fudge lost baggage numbers. If you look, 
Baggage lost numbers have been coming down, giving one the impression that mm-hmm. fewer bags are mm-hmm. getting misplaced. Right. Oh, not so fast, Mr. Romano. Oh. Um, the airlines now con- are contacting folks and, and saying, look, um, here's where your bag is. What would you like us to do to it? And then they don't have to report that as a lost bag. If they know where the bag is, mm-hmm. you may not get it any quicker but the airline doesn't have to report it as a piece of lost baggage because you've already agreed mm-hmm. as to how it will be how it will be returned, restored to you, re- reunited with you. It's so that's c- helping the baggage numbers look better than they actually oh, are. Got it. Okay. It's not about uh, actually always a lost bag. It's a bag that hasn't reached the proper destination. That's it. That's it. You've got it. A bag okay. that hasn't reached the proper destination. I feel better about my bag if they know where it is anyway. Yeah. Well. I I couldn't I agree you know it's like well Mr Hoffman your bag is in Minneapolis and we're going to put it on a flight in two hours it'll be here and then you know the people who deliver the bags that's usually the biggest hang up is the people who deliver and especially if you're isn't it funny when you come home you don't really care if your bag makes it home or not I mean unless you've got some big treasure in it this is true it's when you're outbound oh yeah that uh, big difference you know I just traveled with a sometimes guest on the travel guys who went with me on the road last week. On a Route 66 scouting trip, it realized the second morning that he had forgotten to pack a really essential item that men generally wear every day. Underwear. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so, so you had to loan out some uh, underwear. Well, we had, to make some, we had to make an emergency stop there. Okay. Um, no, Something you can find most places. Exactly. Here is a, an interesting story. No jail for a former United pilot who ran brothels. This guy was a 51-year-old United Airlines pilot. He was arrested in, in 2015 for operating brothels in six apartments and office buildings in northwest Houston, uh, where United has a hub. Uh, even though the prosecutor was seeking seven years in prison, the guy didn't get any prison time. He got a $2,000 fine, uh, 150 hours of community service, and five years of probation. And he can actually get his pilot's license back if he mm. behaves himself. So kind of interesting. We mentioned at the top, Alaska Airlines has a mileage plan um, that if you join it and you have never flown with Alaska before, you've never belonged to their program, You all you have to do is fly one time. They'll give you 5,000 bonus miles which will get you halfway to a one-way trip with Alaska. So it's a pretty good deal. If you've never joined the Alaska Frequent Flyer Program, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. There's a link. Uh, You can join it. You take one flight between now and June, and they give you an extra 5,000 miles. I think that's a pretty good deal. We've got uh, a thing here, a story about timeshares to wrap up the news, Tom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you're a timeshare (laughs) owner. I'm a timeshare. We've talked about this many times. Mm -hmm. Um, and about our general distrust of the folks who sell this product and how a lot of people seem to get kind of stuck and how both of us from time to time kind of feel like we're part of that list. Would that be accurate? That would be accurate, yes. So now the timeshare <laughs> people have a new thing you have to be careful of. When you go and you say, no, 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 I'm not going to buy that, they say, well, I'll tell you what. How about if we give you, how about if you signed up for one year we give you the number of points that you would get with your timeshare. You can use these points to stay at the place I'm trying to sell you or any place within our system. Mm-hmm. You can trade them and buy them and sell them and move them all over the place and stay two nights here and four nights there and 16 nights here. Right. What would you think of that, Mr. Romano? Just give it to you outright for one year? Oh, well, no, not give it to you. You have to pay for it, oh, um, usually so... three or $4,000. Okay, so you prorated instead of being, you know, $20,000 to buy... Uh... 
to buy it. Uh, they're going to uh, prorate it for one year. You're not buying the actual timeshare. You're buying a ticket to all of their timeshares. Well, of course. Except be careful. Yeah. Because it, just like the timeshare, if you change your mind more than a couple days afterwards, you can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them are self-renewing, so be careful because you sign up for something you think you signed up for it once, but if you don't cancel by a certain time, you've signed up for it again. Mm, Sounds like my TV service. So be very careful. It's called a sampler Sampler. timeshare contract is the phrasing that they're using. So if you go to a timeshare presentation and the sampler timeshare contract comes up, my suggestion to you is get up. Get your wife or your significant other and leave the premises as quickly as you can because you're about to be had. And that is your travel news for today. All right. Today on the Travel Guys, uh, we got a lot to cover. Chris Elliott coming up in the second half of the hour with a couple of great topics. But next up, Gwen Duncan joins us. How is your airport etiquette, huh? Are you one of those people that, well, if I started now, we would... Ruin the story. (laughs) Exactly. So if you're one of those people that you need to be listening to Gwen, coming up in three and a half minutes. Hold on. Here we are. It's Mark and Tom, uh, the travel guys on KFBK, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Here to make you a smarter traveler again. Follow along at travelguysradio.com. Today we're going to talk about something that's interesting or that people can relate to, uh, no matter who you are, if in fact you fly anytime, anywhere. Mark? Etiquette at the airport. Gwen Duncan is here to talk to us about some of her pet peeves at the airport. We know from the time we spent together before this interview started that um, we share some of these pet peeves. <laughs> Fire away, Ms. Duncan. What do you have? What's your what, What's the first on your list of pet peeves at the airport? I would say the first one is uh, seat hogging. Seat hogging. Seat hogging. Okay. And now is this a reference to on the airplane or you're talking about in the boarding area? In the boarding area. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and how, do, how does this, how does seat hogging work for you? Well, a person will sit down and mm-hmm. then they'll put their purses on one side and they'll put their jackets on the other and they're taking up three Aha. seats. Aha. So seat hogging refers to people who in the boarding area like to put their stuff everywhere, therefore turning 100 seats mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into approximately 50 seats. Well, 30. you know, <laughs> s- s- sometimes, though, yeah. uh, isn't it okay if, you, if you're if you traveling with, say, a couple of other people and they, they're standing in the, let's say, Starbuck line and... And uh, you're you're in charge of uh, going to the boarding area. Can is it not appropriate to no, walk off a no. couple of seats while we're waiting? Well, uh, well, yeah, oh, maybe. But you know what? That's a lame argument. I, I, I seats are for people. So it's it it seats are for people. I mean that that's and and there aren't enough seats in most boarding areas now. In Sacramento, being an exception, we have a nice. Reasonably yes, new airport, there's plenty of room to be able to sit down. But in many major airports, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You go to Chicago, on the end of the C terminal, there's five gates. There's probably 200 seats total. <laughs> yes. So you've got 500 people, 600 people, 700 people at any given moment in time during a, quote, rush hour time that are trying to use those seats. So, yes, when people then start blocking off seats with their stuff, I'm, stuff is the nicest word I can think of to use, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that becomes a bit of a problem. Children. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> On the plane and off the plane. And off the plane. Okay. Uh, the parents could be a lot more kind. Why is it that people. people can't 
Yeah, this is about being considerate. This is not my children are small and their children let them play. No, 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 no. This is about teaching your children yes. to be considerate of other people. Yes. And and it could be it can get dangerous when the kids are running around and and, and elderly are coming with their bags and they could get they could Oh try, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But you know, they might be really cute to the parents, but loud noises and throwing food isn't fun for the rest of us. Ooh, you sounds like you've had some per, some I've had some, experience. some firsthand. <laughs> what about those people who are in the security line for 10 minutes? They get to the front of the security line, they still don't have their ID out. They still don't have they're not even basically prepared for what's about to happen. They don't have their belts off, they don't have their shoes off or anything. They wait until the very last second and it hogs up everything. Right, they're not ready to be whipped and tortured and so they're, they're Yeah, so they're, they should be better prepared they, for that. <laughs> <laughs> so and and listen, this is Thanksgiving is coming up. So we're going to have a lot of people who are going to be traveling in the, in the next six weeks, Thanksgiving, Christmas, who don't travel very often, last traveled before they had two children. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time they've tried to do, you know, the two strollers and the nine carry-ons and the crackers and the cookies and the toys and the everything and get everybody onto the mm -hmm. airplane all in one piece. So, you know, it's somebody, I read something, an article, Tom, the other day where people were talking about if you're going to take your children on a trip and they've never been on a trip before, go to the airport and have lunch or something and just amaze them with how wonderful the airport is because kids think airports generally are pretty cool. So then when you go back there to go on your trip, your kids will already be familiar with it and they will kind of know. Maybe they have a place where you ate lunch, they have a favorite spot or something like that. I think that. that's probably a good idea. Here. Okay, the next thing is um, a big pet peeve of mine is I'm not interested in hearing everybody's conversation so they'll have their phones on speakerphone. And they're oh, talking well. really loud, and I'm just not interested in that. And, and it's really uncomfortable. Or people who, who have their phone and they're looking at videos, and they think automatically that we all are going to be interested in what it is that they're looking at on their phone. So they leave the volume up so that we can all hear it. Please, folks, if you're in a public area, maybe you could just bring... Some earplugs. Yeah, earplugs. And then you could use just like we do at the gym or anywhere else. You could use yeah. the earplugs and then you could, you know, you could listen to it. And if someone you knew came up and stood right next to you and you wanted to sh wanted them to hear it, then you could unplug the earplugs. So yeah. it's it's kind of about courtesy. Right. I yeah. noticed, I noticed, uh, in, in fact, on a, on a flight yeah. uh, where someone was watching a movie and they had the the sound up and uh, the flight attendant actually got on the speaker and said, look, by the way, you're going to watch a video or whatever on your personal device, use headphones uh, and, and, and instead of just playing it out loud and and which which still, you know, you would think that people could figure that one out for themselves. You would think so. Before we went on the air, we were talking about, and it's one of mine, and I, I know that I when know you it. mentioned it, and that is uh, when you get ready to take your luggage off the carousel. Uh -huh. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> and people will, you know, everybody is the same thing. You want to get your luggage and yep. go out. And so everybody's all crowding up. While they're the waiting for the bags to be delivered, everyone crowds up as close to the carousel as they can, or as soon as the bags start being delivered. Okay, recommended technique. If everyone would take three steps back. That's right. Oh, That's the old right. three-step back if rule. You two steps back. Some of the airports have a line painted, yes, yes. but people still crowd. I thought that Grab line it. meant that you needed to stand in front of that. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Almost one more. All you got one more for Gwen here before we go? Oh, I th and, and the other one would be, you know those people movers? Mm-hmm. 
you know, that you get on and yeah. you're supposed to stay to the right stand of your stop. A, yeah. And people yeah. will get on the <laughs> left and they'll stand there and you can't go anywhere. And I walk while I'm on those things so I can get there even faster. Well, that's, that was the original design was when you're a long ways from one gate to the other to be able to get there at 15 miles an hour or, or a lot quicker <laughs> by walking on the moving uh, sidewalk. Uh, sidewalk. Tom, yes. I, I didn't know Gwen was such a bitter woman. Oh, come on. I mean, all these all these things. It's good that you've come for therapy here because all yes. these things have been building up for a while. Okay, one thing before we let Gwen go and we wrap up this, this, this airport etiquette stuff, which really, since the holiday season is coming up, is, is really a good time for it. We need to remind folks, uh, longer security lines are being reported Absolutely. at Sacramento Airport. And particularly in the morning. And part of this has to do with the fact that they're having people take out their electronics and in some cases take food stuff out of their their. So be prepared. You're going to be asked most likely to take those two items out of your bag. So be prepared for it ahead of time. And uh, if you're flying out of Sacramento Airport between 5 and 730 in the morning, you've got to allow yourself extra time. And this is before the holiday season came up. Listen, folks, more people are flying out of Sacramento now. Last week, they reported there were people missing their flights because of that. Because of that. So you've got to allow yourself extra time in the. This is really important for the holidays because you're you're going to have the kids in tow, or you're going to have grandma, or you you've got to make this flight because it's a big family deal. So make sure that you allow yourself. I would say, and just take what you normally do. Add thirty minutes to it. It's not going to hurt you. It, It really and truly. So you have to get up. At two o'clock instead of two thirty to make just and travel with your happy face. Yes, just don't go to bed the <laughs> night before. Just, and travel and travel. Thank you, Gwen. And travel with your happy face. If we could all just be a little bit more considerate of each other at the airport, then it would make the whole travel experience a little bit better. Bring your headset. Don't hog the seats. Keep an eye on the kids. And for God's sake, when you get to security, you know, you've been in line for 20 minutes. There's no reason not to be ready for what's about to happen to you. This is true. Is that good? Yes. There you go. excellent. And by the way, the the moving sidewalk rule, uh, usually posted, uh, stand on the right. Pass on the left. Pass on the left. Yes. Coming up after the news, Chris Elliott joins us to talk a little bit about how a DNA test led him and his family to want to chase down their homeland. And we're going to talk about basic economy airfares and a whole host of travel issues with Chris Elliott, nationally syndicated consumer advocate, after the news right here on The Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again Hello, my friends. Welcome. We are the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. We're on the radio. You're here. Thanks for joining us. And with us, once again, one of our very, very special guests, somebody we always enjoy spending time with, Christopher Elliott, world-renowned consumer advocate and, uh, gosh, practically world traveler. Welcome to the Travel Guys, Christopher. Thank you. It's always good to be with you guys. Christopher, you, uh, uh, of course, continue to travel the country with the kids and babble on about a variety of travel uh, subjects on a daily basis, something that I enjoy keeping up with. You talked last week about you, and and, and I'm guessing the kids perhaps did this too, you took a DNA test? Yes, I did. Well, it was a little bit my kids and a little bit, um, I had some friends at National Geographic. You know, I spent 16 years there as their reader advocate and ombudsman for National Geographic Traveler. And they said, hey, we've got this DNA test that we're doing with Helix, and we want you to take it. And it'll tell you, you know, where you're from, basically, as 
as these DNA tests do. And I thought, well, you know, why not? Um, and and um, I wrote about this over the weekend on my personal blog about how there had been rumors in the family about where we were from, and uh, I, I was eager to find out which of the rumors were true and which ones weren't. And, you know, one of them was that we were related to Elvis. <laughs> so I, wanted, I really wanted to find out. That's great. Every American family, like, has has a a rumor about being re- either related to Elvis or maybe space aliens or something like that. So <laughs> so what I found out was, you know, I sent this test in, and after a couple of weeks, the results came back. And um, the, the test did not say that we were related to Elvis. <laughs> um, but it did say... <laughs> This is fascinating. It will tell you, you know, if you have a common father or mother with another famous person. Mm-hmm. And anywhere from 60 to 100,000 years ago, uh, I had a common father or mother with Napoleon, <laughs> of all people. Really? So, that, ex- that, explains yeah, why, that explains why you have your, your, your one hand tucked inside your shirt in that photo. On at all times. Yes, right. <laughs> And I'm conquering the world too, right? Well, that's for sure. You um, traded Elvis. You traded Elvis for Napoleon, so that's a that's a pretty yeah. good deal. So when you found out where you were from, which you're about to tell us, I'm guessing, and that kind of created this need to maybe chase some of this down. Absolutely. Well, the uh, the population groups that I am closest, genetically closest to, are uh, are Czech. Um, as in the Czech Republic and Greek, and um, so you, you know you, they'll give this DNA map and they'll tell you where approximately you land on the map, and it's it's I'm like all European, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, and and you know there have been rumors that we had uh, we had some Middle Eastern blood that we had some DNA from Africa, and in, in a sense that's true that if you go back far enough, like 250,000 years, that you can trace some of the the DNA markers back to East Africa and Asia, but um, for for us it was all uh, European, Northern and, and Central European, and some Southern European, and that really got me to thinking, uh, and to answer your question, that we should go to these places maybe and visit them and maybe see some of our long lost relatives. And so one of the things I'm planning to do is is visit Greece next year and to show the kids. You know where some of their their ancestral homelands are. Makes sense. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are interested in their own background and you know where they're from, and that is a a great excuse to go traveling. Um, there actually was a a really clever viral video campaign a couple of years back called "Take Your DNA Journey," and it and it actually was exploring the issues of, of discrimination and bias and racism. And it had all these people. You can find this online. Um, I don't know if you guys can post a link to it, but uh, where where actually someone had they, they had a group of people and they asked them about their attitudes toward the other. So there was this British guy who was talking about how he didn't like Germans, and then in the end he took a DNA DNA test and found out that he was part German. And so, well, which of course, is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> Christopher, let me ask you, you know, here again, as I mentioned, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, Christopher Elliott, consumer advocate, uh, smarter, smart traveler. Uh, Christopher, as a consumer advocate, a lot of people are skeptical as to the validity of the uh, DNA testing, uh, the Ancestry.coms, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you, mm-hmm. do- you jumped in. What's your feelings? 
Well, no, and I should probably preface this this answer by saying the reason you're calling me the smartest traveler is that I wrote a book called <laughs> How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler, but I do not actually claim to be the world's smartest traveler. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, and, and in terms of the DNA, the validity of these DNA tests, we did a, a backup test on my son, and my son tested uh, almost identical to some of the areas. So there, so we we did, you know, we had some kind of uh, uh, redundancy in the in the whole system. But okay. even if even if it's complete nonsense, and and I will I will grant you that if there's a possibility that some of these are, you know, there are some mistakes that have been made, or maybe they got the markers wrong, or it's the wrong part of the world. I still think it's a cool excuse to go somewhere. So why not? Yeah, <laughs> perfect, perfect. And, and that was kind of where I was coming from on the whole thing is that here you are a travel advocate and you you're all over the place and suddenly you accidentally stumble onto this thing and it it's going to lead you to an ancestral trip. And a lot of people are doing these kinds of things. They're getting the DNA test. I, my mom and I did it, and uh, she had always suspected that there was some Native American blood in the family. I didn't ask her why she suspected that, but I'm sure she had a reason. And sure enough, um, it came up that somewhere a couple, three, four generations back, uh, that that did happen. Okay, so, wait a minute, um, wait a minute. Are you, does that mean that uh, you're uh-huh. either part owner of an Indian casino or you're going to open one? Uh, Exactly. Well, look, let's uh, take about three and a half minutes and we'll be back and talk more about uh, about travel, about, in fact, traveling with airlines, some information from Chris Elliott, uh, consumer advocate and uh, friend of the travel guys. That's next here on KFBK. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. I hope you're doing well on this Sunday. We're back. Chris Elliott is on the line with us, and we've been talking about his family's DNA search and what they're going to do about it. So let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about some more travel-related hard story items here. Chris, the airlines rolled out basic economy airfares to the legacy carriers to compete with uh, Spirit and Frontier and it doesn't seem to be going all that well. Um, from my observations at the gates and from the things that the airlines send out, and, of course, Sports Leisure Vacations is we get travel agency-type updates, and the airlines are constantly telling you, make sure if you sell one of these fares that you remind your customer that this isn't included and this isn't included and this isn't included. It seems to me like they're spending an awful lot of time to support this fare that was supposed to help them drive other economy fares up. What's your take on the, the basic economy situation? Well, here's the thing. When these basic economy fares came out, and I should probably explain what an economy, a basic economy fare is. It is the same seat you would get if you're in economy class, but they've taken everything else away. So your ability to check a bag, your ability in some cases to carry a bag on, your ability to change the ticket, it's completely non-refundable. Uh, your ability to collect frequent flyer miles, all that has been taken away. And here's what happens happened when they actually created these. Instead of creating a new fare class, they just took the, the lowest economy class fare and they, they used that fare. So they didn't lower airfares at all. They just took a lot of stuff away and say, hey, look, we have this new fare. Mm-hmm. And uh, passengers are not dumb. They, they understood that Airlines were not really creating anything new. They were just taking a lot of stuff away. 
and they are upset about that. Now, uh, when you talk to airlines, they'll tell you that things are going great. They're like, ah, this is the greatest thing. We know where people are buying these. Um, never Things have never been better. Of course. But I was actually a speaker at an airline conference last week, and I had a chance to confront some, in, in public, in a keynote speech, to confront some airline executives about the, these basic fares. And they're, they're very unapologetic about them. They say, this is what the market wanted. Mm-hmm. And they said, and I said, well, how do you explain this to your customers? And they say, well, it's like a concert ticket. If you don't make it to your concert, then you forfeit the entire ticket. To which I said, hey, guys, if you want it to be that way, then you can, you know, let's make it exactly like a concert ticket. Why don't you make the concert ticket transferable so you can give it to a friend or you can resell it? And then they go, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. We want to keep the money for the ticket, and then we want to resell it to someone else. There's a lot of double standards going on here. There's a lot of lying and half-truths being propagated. And I think that until airlines start telling us the truth about what they're doing, people are going to continue to be very upset. How interesting. And, you know, right here in California, we we are are seeing a huge uh, airline – battle. And in fact, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, on my computer screen pops up Alaska's famous companion fare. Buy one ticket, get one for just the taxes and fees. Apply now. So this, Chris, as we were talking before we went on the air, Southwest Airlines did a special for California people, giving them an easy path to a companion uh, pass, which means that you can take a designated person on the same itinerary that you're traveling on, and all they pay is about 11 bucks. On Alaska, it's about 30 bucks. Uh, Alaska has now copied that. You have to get the the airline's credit card and do a couple of other things. The it's really the barriers are really quite easy. Um, so now these guys are competing. We're seeing lower airfares here in California. They're down probably 25 percent over a year. Uh, now they're offering this deal that makes it fairly easy if you travel with somebody on a regular basis or even an irregular basis to get them uh, into the game. Uh, so the question is. Are we in California just lucky, or how long is this going to, to, to last between these two and perhaps if you throw in JetBlue with a hub in Long Beach, three carriers? Oh, I love this. This is absolutely great. It reminds me of, remember in like the mid-'80s when Air Cal was still flying, get like $19 uh-huh. fares from LA yeah. to San Francisco? The planes with a smile on the front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know when this is going to end. No one really knows when it's going to end, but it is great for consumers. This is exactly what it should be like. Uh, when uh, the airline industry was deregulated in 1978 under the Carter administration, this is what they envisioned, that there would be this robust competition for passengers and that airlines would be fiercely uh, cutting their costs in order to attract us. And it's great that it's happening in California. The problem is why isn't it happening elsewhere? Why are we paying these sky-high fares? I mean, go to the other coast, and you'll see what I mean. Some of those shuttle fares are just outrageous. So I think that we, we have a big problem with competition. Looking at California, it's working there. We don't know how long it's going to work. But in the rest of the country, we're, we're down to two or three airlines in some markets, and they can pretty much name their own price, like Priceline. Do you think that uh, it will pop up in other parts of the country, and, and why do you why do you think it's been well, California's been targeted? I don't know if California has been targeted. I think this it's just market conditions, and those are very difficult to predict. But you have some very uh, we have some good carriers there. You mentioned Southwest and JetBlue and Alaska. 
those are carriers that are still competing on service and they still understand customer service. And when you get to other parts of the country, you have airlines like American and United and even Delta that have a very different view of service. And then also, of course, you have the spirits and the allegiance that, uh, you know, have an extremely different view of what good customer service is. And I think I'm being very generous. So until <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very nice of you to say it in that way. Yeah. So until that is resolved in some way, and I personally don't believe that's something that the market can always resolve. I mean, it's, it's working in California for now, but in other parts of the country, this whole deregulated free market is not working for whatever reason. And I think that the government does have uh, a legitimate role in stepping in, not that it's going to under this administration, but it does have a legitimate role to step in and say, you know what, we should maybe stop the next airline merger from happening because it might not be good for competition. Or maybe we should say, hey, look, you can't be sitting on these gates at this airport. You've got to give them up and let let the market compete. So there's, there's just a lot of things that can be done that unfortunately are not being done right now. Well, and it's probably the reason that we're getting this in California, no question, is because Alaska Airlines bought Virgin, which is headquartered in – their hub is in San Francisco. And so Alaska had decided before Virgin, but certainly since that purchase and that merger, that they were going to have a stronger presence uh, across the country and a particularly stronger presence here in California. So um, you're right. It is market conditions. It won't last forever. But it's, uh, it's a benefit for Californians right now because we're getting more service and we're getting it less expensively. And, and a quick plug here, if you don't know about the companion pass that we're talking about for Alaska and Southwest, you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com. And if you scroll down a little bit on the page there, you'll see where the link is and you can find out about that. Chris, before we let you go here, um, you made a, a vague reference there to competition and, and the current uh, environment in Washington, D.C. Is there anything as consumers, is there any kind of an update, anything important? I mean, we were hoping that maybe the resort fees thing was going to be looked at a little bit and that that might roll back. Is it pretty much, is all that stuff pretty much out of the question at this point in time? Yeah, unfortunately, this administration has been probably the worst in memory, if not in history, when it comes to protecting consumers. There's absolutely zero interest in protecting consumers uh, or protecting travelers and specifically protecting travelers, but also consumers in general. And uh, there is no there's no good news out of Washington, sadly. Uh, The DOT is uh, insiders are referring to it as the do nothing Department of Transportation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the mandatory resort fees, the Federal Trade Commission was going to look at those. They were on the verge of making them illegal, and those are those, by the way, are fees that you pay uh, in addition to your hotel rate, and they're often not quoted as part of the rate. And unfortunately, nothing is happening. The only bright spot is that consumer advocates like the, uh, like us are really having a, a field day with all this. And so, if you have a problem, any kind of a problem with uh, any purchase at all. You can always reach me. My website is Elliot.org. That's two L's and two T's. And if you go to Elliot.org forward slash help, you can fill out a form and that form will, will get you straight to me and I will do my best to help. So even if the government is not helping, I'm here to help. Chris Elliott, his column appears, I was going to say in the travel section of the Sacramento Bee, but it's become more of a travel page, and you kind of have to look for it. But uh, if you do find the travel page, you will find uh, Chris's column where he is is helping consumers and being an advocate for them. 
in their situations. Thank you so much uh, for your time, my friend. Uh, I know you're in the in the mountains of Utah, and it's a little bit of an effort to connect with us. And uh, I, on on behalf of the listeners here at the Travel Guys, they really do appreciate uh, you coming on. We always get wonderful comments when when you join us on the air. So thank you, Chris. Have a great hike today. Uh, be safe, and we'll talk to you down the road. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. And remember, you can uh, find a link to uh, Chris's website at TravelGuysRadio.com. And if you're looking for a good Christmas gift, go to, uh, you know, your local bookstore and uh, yeah. ask for How to Be the World's Smartest Traveler yes. by uh, Christopher Elliott. Yeah. And uh, if, if, you're, if anybody that you know travels even casually, they'll enjoy the heck out of he it. He has integrity. That's the thing, is that because he doesn't take, you know, money from people and stuff he 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 has integrity that that many people don't have i mentioned early in the program that i had spent a lot of time out on route 66 this week and i was going to regale folks with uh, some stories from the road but alas uh, the trick with live radio is there's never enough time so we will hold this for next week which will allow me to contact all the people who are on signed up for the tour if you're looking for an experience um a real slice of america Come tune into the next week, and we'll tell you all about Route 66. Maybe you will join us. I have a story here about the best and worst airlines and airports to fly on and out of over Thanksgiving holidays. Okay, we talked a little bit about this before we went on the air. Now, define a, define what were they using as the definer? You're just talking about on time performance. Okay, so it doesn't have anything to do with food and beverage or how long you waited in the security line or anything. This is strictly has to do with whether your plane is on time. Or All not. right, and this is so, the top uh, five. And this was yeah, well, it's the top for the airlines. It's the top ten. Top ten. Um, the the best kind of lineup, pretty much, and the worst with the way they usually are. Hawaiian is the, the, the best because they've got all those short inner island flights, mm-hmm. so they probably shouldn't even count. Interestingly enough, Southwest uh, Frontier and Southwest are at the bottom along with SkyWest. SkyWest is the airline that runs the smaller planes for almost all the carriers. So you could get on a South, you could get on Delta Metal, as mm-hmm. we call it, or mm-hmm. United Metal or Alaska Metal, and it says that airline on the side, but the flight is really operated by SkyWest. A lot of the 50 and 70 and 90 seer aircraft are operated uh, by SkyWest. So their on-time record is only 80%. Uh, Southwest is only 79% at Thanksgiving. So if you've got somebody coming in on Southwest, don't cook the turkey too early because they might not make it on time. And then we've got the airports, of course, that are on time or not so much on time. Honolulu, again, tied to those inner island flights, is number one. Atlanta, number two. Charlotte, Florida, uh, Fort Myers, uh, what do those all have in common? Warm weather places in the mm-hmm, wintertime. Mm-hmm. But then, interesting enough, Salt Lake City is fifth. And that's nothing warm about Salt Lake City. But anyway, those are the best airports. Now, when you get down to the list of the worst airports, there's kind of a surprise here. Because number one is San Francisco. Logical. It's wintertime. Low ceilings. Two runways. So that's the worst airport. Then Newark. Then Oakland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Low ceilings and stuff. Houston Hobby, number five on the list. There it is, Sacramento. Boy. So of the worst airports to fly out of at Thanksgiving, the top five, three of them are right here, all of our Northern California airports. I'm guessing that has something to do with the fact that the weather um, often turns bad over those that period of time. And we have a lot of Southwest flights. And we have a lot of Southwest flights, and obviously they struggle during the holidays. So anyway, that about wraps it up for the Travel Guys for this week. 
Thomas, we will be back here next Sunday, and we are going to talk travel scams and hopefully have some TSA folks on. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Thank you, Mark. We'll see you next week. Uh, Folks, you uh, stay safe this week, all right? Uh, Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next Sunday, 3 o'clock for the Travel Guys. Travel.